Welcome, welcome to Scotch and Soda. Thank you. Uh, although this is not a Scotch, we are drinking uh, Bren whiskey. It's from uh, France. Thank you. Uh, this is just for you. Uh, I thought this would match your personality because it's sweet, you know. And yet, yes, it's sweet, but yeah, also alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, this is this is the perfect choice I had for you. This is pre-selected for you, just from Bevmo, San Diego. Um, so welcome. This is like the pilot episode of uh, you're my first guest here, and uh, I'm honored and glad to have you here. You. How do you feel to be here? I'm very happy. Yeah. We have so much stories you and I to tell, and our passion together. Yes, which, is, which is cinema. Yes. Remember like the first time we met? Yes, I remember. Would you, would you mind sharing? So I was in this meeting at, uh, um, at our, <coughs> the company we're working for, and it was like this happy hour Friday, and we had a bunch of 20 people. And we had V from India, Guillaume from France, and pretty much everybody was from America. And right. they asked the questions like, what's your favorite movie? And everybody was like, Fast and Furious episode three, Mean Girls, etc. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I go like, eh, I'm not sure. It's between Blade Runner and Manchurian Candidate from John Frankenheimer. And then we have V, who says, um, who says, uh, <laughs> Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that guy <laughs> just <laughs> knows about American movie, but probably more than anyone in the room. So you didn't expect that from a non-American to say Big Lebowski. It was, it's not that you expected, but yeah. it was like an agreeable surprise. I was like, I love cinema. It is something that connects with people, etc. And there's people who are not into cinema, which is fine. It doesn't right. mean I connect to people. Right. But it is something that connects to people. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy saying the Big Lebowski. I was yeah. like, okay, I need to talk to these guys. And since then, we're, you know, best friends so that was like a turn on from you when like someone knows about cinema it's like you're in instantly like uh inclined to talk to them just because like because you're passionate about cinema too but also the interesting thing is i was at deeper level i was like i know the coen brothers movies and i was like why do you say the big lebowski because if i had to choose from all the coen brothers movies yeah, yeah. it would probably not be the big lebowski it would be blood simple Yes, that's. I think that's the first movie, right? That's, which, I mean, I don't know if one of the those first, first movies, movie, yeah. one of the first movies. And it was like, why the Big Lebowski? It's an amazing movie, but yeah. I was curious why, what the, what impact he has to. So it was not so much about like, oh my gosh, she loves the Coen Brothers movies. It was like, okay, I need to talk to this guy. Not so much about he choose the Big Lebowski, but like out of the, all the Big Lebowski movie, Miller's Crossing, which is amazing. Great it movie. took me a lot to watch because I had to have subtitles. <laughs> why? They're Irish? Yeah, they're Irish yes, speaking. it's like Irish mafia. It's so difficult to, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to read. But I was like, out of all the big, of the Coen brothers, why this movie? Why is this movie? Which was the interesting part of it. So we were talking about Big Lebowski. So, uh, so we connected on Big Lebowski, on, 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 on uh, cinema, and the passion for cinema, to understand cinema. And uh, because you yourself... Your story is you came from Paris when you were really young. Go ahead, uh, you know, and, and, and you produced or directed a short film or assisted in directing a short film when you were young. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, it's, it's, so I was raised in Paris, loved cinema, wanted to be a director. My dad didn't want me to be a director. Mm -hmm. He's like, you're going to be in a business school. It's like, okay. Yeah. And, um, but I, was, I had a passion for American cinema, raised in it. It, it was like, you know, it was everything to me. And, and, um, French people were very good at making romantic comedies. 
but they were always complaining like oh the screens in in france are <clears throat> you know being uh, overloaded with you know action movies from america and i'm like well it's okay so make action movies yeah make action movies. don't complain about it do something right so yeah <clears throat> i did um i was a big fan of john woo at the time of john woo actually john woo. yeah yeah and we were friends, we met this action movie out of nowhere. On a weekend in August, there was no one in Paris. I was like, we're bored. And I was like, let's make a movie. So I called my friend, make a movie. We won in a festival, right. best editing. I was an editor at the time. And, um, and it was a realization at that time of, you know, I was fed up. I was like, this is not the right environment for me. Uh, and I moved to the US. So you, you, you were really into action movies, not like the more of the like the, the friends like the paris like they were into like love and i do that. but i was raising so much of that yeah. which is amazing <clears throat> but i was like i wanted something different and i like you know i like action i like roughness etc i was raising this like super bourgeois neighborhood in france in paris there was nothing exciting on the weekend it was like you know like the worst crime for the past 20 years it was probably a grandma who got her bag stolen by someone on a motorcycle and that was it and <laughs> I come to LA yes and you know back in 90, 1995 and I was like I wanted I wanted something like I don't know more raw more, more like danger more, more I crime I was, more yes I was excited different types of crime I was excited no that's that's interesting so uh, so when you say American movies you use the words action and 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 uh, the other word you used was um, uh, action and and much more uh, uh, something other than love Right. And, and you, you, when you define American cinema, is that, is that your definition of American cinema? No, not. I mean, it's a very good question. It's, it's, and I, I don't, I don't have the total answer. Like you, I can watch some, you know, classic American movies that are not all, you know, all about action. Yeah. Uh, but the well it's produced, the well it's directed, um, there's an element to it that is, um, very, um, visually sound attractive that mm. it's it's put in a way that is you know just like makes you dream and probably a part of it is you know it's like i was dreaming i was in france etc and i was like dreaming by something else it was something it was a it was a gateway for me it was something different it was, an it was more adventure yes adventure i love adventure okay i love adventure absolutely and and it was a getaway for me because in france we have all these romantic comedies we're very good at it and i was like i want something you know like you know american very good westerns whatever it's like i wanted something that was like much more adventurous that that was inspiring for me um <clears throat> um more than french movies that were so narrow in what they were doing um and it's a good question i don't have the answer to it it's not just one it's not it's much more complicated than that it's not just one aspect of american cinema it's just it's just a, a cocktail of like different elements it's, it's the direction, it, it's the budget. But you, you make me think about it right now. It's like you ask me a question that like I've never asked myself, probably. And it's just my love for, you know, action, outdoor, you know, big planes. You know, it's, it, 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 and, and American cinema has that, you know. And in France, we don't have that. Right. And actually, it changed until Luc Besson starting to do uh, invest in production companies and start, you know, starting to do like movies in France, like sci-fi movies, horror movies, action movies. But I left by that time. <laughs> That's when right, I left. Right. No, I don't. I mean, and still, like contemporary. Is there like a good French cinema? Like, a, what do you mean? Is a good French cinema? 
like you know if there's hollywood in america right like is there like a community for i mean no there's like Cannes film festival right and in, in, in france but uh, contemporary like I, i haven't seen like i mean maybe it's my ignorance but i haven't seen uh uh a a french cinema uh being um streamlined in the pop culture uh globally so um i'm asking is it still uh prevalent uh the french the, so cinema. so the thing i appreciate about american cinema i mean sorry french cinema um is that the one thing i really appreciate is that we have actors who've been making movies since they're like you know like like you know like jean-paul belmondo who just passed away mm -hmm. jean-paul belmondo was everything to me he was he was an amazing actor and he's been making movies since like 20 years old to 90 years old right And that's very rare when you have an actor who's like, oh, just, you know, just like spans like multi-generation and still relevant to the different generation. Right. He make movies in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, etc. And still there and still relevant. So French cinema, there's a there's a context of um, of like. I would say it's like it's it, it goes through cultures. It goes through cultures. Okay. And in American cinema, you might have the same thing. There's some actors that are like. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to find an actor that's been, you know, well, he's not American, but um, I love his guy. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> I forgot his name. Gene um, uh, Desjardins? No, he was in Batman. He was the butler. Alfred, um, uh, Michael Caine? Yeah, Michael Caine. He's, he's not French. No, he's, he's British. Okay. He's British. But Michael Caine, from his first movies to today it's like it's michael Caine. no matter what you see it's like oh my gosh michael Caine. he can be anything he wants to be from his early 30s to his early 80s or 90s i guess like a morgan freeman of Brit britain like yeah morgan but morgan freeman, freeman started later in his career where michael but still, morgan freeman in every role it's like morgan freeman yes but but michael Caine started very early in his career oh okay super interesting. early interesting yeah now now that's cool so um so Okay, so there's a passion again. You know, we we connected on the passion. You know, with with uh, with for cinema, and uh, you came to America, and let me ask you this: Who's your? What's a movie that made you, made you, made you like? Uh, it could be recent, or it could be something you saw in your childhood. What's that movie you saw and you were like, "Wow, it this is just." This is just something I've never seen before. It's just because cinema as an art form could impact you in various different ways in different point of your life. So what's that one cinema or it could be multiple cinema? What's that? What is that? It's like when you were asking the question, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to answer that question because there's so many that comes in my mind as, and trying to pick like, is it this one or this one or this one? <clears throat> But it's funny. It's in the mention, the mention candidate. John Frankenheimer, which John, Frank, John Frankenheimer is an amazing director. Great fucking movie, yeah. And I love, um, you know, like politics, spy movies, etc. some level of sci-fi <clears throat> to it, black and white. Yes. And I mean, the, the original one is black and white. The original yeah. one. So the John Frankenheimer with... Um, Uh, Frank Sinatra. Uh, Frank Sinatra was there. There's like a bunch of actors that was, you know, like yeah, famous yeah. uh, actors, etc. And it, the, the the story, the subject is is just so good. 
it is so amazing and the way he directed the movie i'm still no, blown away absolutely. today and there's a scene there's a scene that i wish was be would be taught to any movie um, film school in the world there's a scene where part of the story there's these soldiers that are being blind i mean oh. mind mind uh, uh, but, brainwashed but they're yeah. being brainwashed and they believe and there's a scene when you have like all these like conspirators um political conspirators around the world and they're showing how they're brainwashing soldiers to do whatever they want with them right and that scene is just showing them how they're being brainwashed and they're gonna f they're gonna convince one soldier to kill the other one and the soldiers believe they're having a tea party with old women and it's like it's like who came with this idea and that scene is amazing now it's like who came with this idea is that the scene where uh the camera rotates in a room yes Oh, great fucking scene. It's an amazing country. scene. I know this magnificent hydrangeas on the hills where the air drainage was uh, perfect and very poor specimens or perhaps none at all in the valleys. Formerly, we used to consider sheltered valleys more favorable to plants than hilltops. But the avoidance of late spring and early autumn frost enjoyed by sites with good air drainage where the cold air can drain safely away to lower levels gives the hills a decided advantage. Thus it was the hydrangeas that gave the first pointer in another modern discovery of horticultural importance. From this it might appear that the hydrangea is a fairly simple plant, but there are more complications. The cultivation of hydrangeas was evolved from a number of varieties originally found in Japan not all of which, of course, have the same characteristics. Two of them do not share the quality of producing blue flowers in mineral-rich soils. Oh, great fucking scene. It's an amazing scene. It's an amazing scene. And it's like, who has the, the balls? Put yourself back in 1960s, whenever the movie, that's it, to come up with an idea like, oh, we're going to do a scene with like American soldiers who are being manipulated by this like conspiracy group of high-level politicians and militaries around the world. And, you know, we're going to show them thinking they're having tea party with right, old women. Right, like, right, Who comes up with that? And when you watch the scene, yeah. you don't need special effects, you don't need green screen. It is amazing. No, it's a great fucking movie. Even the ending of that movie is like, wow. Like the killer, like who's assassinating. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a great movie. And it was remade by Jonathan Demme. With uh, Denzel Washington. And, and respect for Jonathan Demi because when I saw that movie, I was like, who can remake that movie? And Jonathan Demi took a different angle and the choice of actor was amazing. And it was a good movie. It was, it was I mean, you know, just the actors. No, in it was absolutely. Movie. Sometimes when they remake movies, you're kind of like, oh, like, for example, like Blade Runner, the, you know, Denis Villeneuve remade Blade Runner. And Blade Runner, Ridley Scott is one of the my favorite fucking directors. And it's a very sophisticated movie. The mood he creates, it's really hard to uh, replicate. But then he pulled it off, you know. And he did a good job because he was not trying, he was not, he was not, it was not really a remake. It was an extension of the story. He expanded the story. But, yeah. but he did a lot of the filming with, um, in an analog world, there's not a lot of CGI too much to it. So right, you can feel right. it. You can you can feel that, and he extended the story from Philip K. Dick, which is one of my favorite uh, sci-fi writer, um, and he extended that story with the same level of humanity of robots 
you know, like, like am I human? Am, is my like memory yeah. dream? So he did a very good job and kudos to do that. And, you know, it's like you have to have a lot of guts to be able to take so such a like classic movie and try to be, you know, your own style. And put it, off. And put and it off. It's a lot of pressure. It's, yeah, it's, it's a Blade Runner. It's a fucking historical yeah. sci-fi movie and it's a lot of pressure. And I watched this movie at TCL uh, in Hollywood and I did not know, I haven't seen the previous Blade Runner. And while watching that movie, there's a scene in this movie, um, it's, it's, a sea, it's called Seawall, where, uh, where it, it's, it's an action scene where uh, Ryan Gosling's character, he is fighting with this woman, she's a villain, and then there's Harrison Ford, where he's, yeah, and he's trying to rescue Harrison drowning. Ford, and they're drowning, yeah. and, the, and the sound... In that in, in in that theater, yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's just it's just unbelievable, and that's what. And that's what's it's cinematically it just draws you and you're there and it's like you know it's just wow just you're it's very gripping so um yeah ridley scott speaking of going back to ridley scott it's also one of your favorite directors yes and and actually um prometheus yes aliens that is one of my favorite movies so see when you said like what's your favorite movie i'm like oh my gosh no, you, yeah it could be multiple. for what reason what's your yeah. favorite that's what's your favorite movie that inspires you like for different like sensations of things that inspires you, uh, Prometheus for me is is inspiration in terms of like filmmaking. I watched this movie twenty times. Right. And the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. Okay. I didn't like it, and I was like, mm, "Why I don't like a movie from Ridley Scott?" And I'm like, "No, no, there's something wrong. I'm gonna make an effort." And I watched it second time, and mm. the third time, the fourth time, etc. Every shot in these movies are amazing. You can deconstruct whatever the actors and even the story the story is that this in between alien there's not so much alien thing because he did an amazing job because like we've seen alien the monster etc yeah, and that movie is more about it's not so much about the alien it's like the story the why and it every shot in this scene are amazing every the sound the texture everything watch this movie just mind-blowing in terms of acting like if you ask me like if I could, if if I achieve achieve something as a director, like if this is what I'd love to achieve. No, and I think Ridley Scott is kind of like he mastered that craft like years back with Aliens, the first one, and then I think uh, I think uh, Ridley Scott um, was followed by James Cameron and uh, David Fincher. I think James Cameron made uh, um, Aliens two, 
and uh, David Fincher made uh, another, I think, another spin-off of Aliens, I think. I've, I, the third one, and there's Genet, um, Jean Genet, the French director, who did the third or fourth one, I forgot exactly. Yes. I think David Fincher also kind of made yes. a movie based on yes. uh, David, uh, James Cameron's movie. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ridley Scott's movie. But they turned out to be great fucking directors too, David Fincher and uh, James Cameron. And we, we watched... Uh, we both watched... Uh, you suggested this documentary to me, actually, uh, what, on the Netflix. Movie, the movies that make us... Oh, great documentary. And how, and how James Crime pull out the movie. And it's funny, it's interesting because... It, and, and that's one thing, like... Startup, like, you know, I work in startup. I work in technology and startup. And, but the analogy with making movies is the exact same way. Like, you want... You know, you're spending... You have investors who are spending $5 million, $10 million, $20 million. Right. And hoping that this is going to be the big hit. No. They're going to make 100 millions. It's a gamble. Etc. And Terminator, I mean, sorry, Terminator, Aliens 2. Um, it was such a mess in the back scene when you watch that, the documentary. Yeah. Like the crew. And you know what? This is, and this is a call and respect to Sigourney Weaver. Because the crew was about, the entire crew was about to move out. Because James Cameron was being an asshole. Sigourney Visionary. It's a lead actress. She's the lead actress. Okay. And, um, and um, James Cameron had this amazing vision, right? Uh, but he was being an asshole. Yeah, he had a... Yeah, he was chaotic. He, he had this... He was like... He had this madness towards this. And yes. he was like being an asshole. Yeah, you're yes. right. Yeah. And an amazing asshole. Yeah. Because the movie is amazing. <laughs> amazing asshole, yeah. But the entire team was about to move out. And the production company went to Sigourney Weaver, which is an amazing person, even a personality, who said you know can you save this production can you save this movie yeah no and she came back to james cameron in the in, when you watch the um, um the documentary and she's like dude you know just apologize to the team yeah now just you know and he came back and the team was like oh cool and they finished the movie james cameron is kind of crazy james cameron does you know what james cameron actually uh Apart from directing movies or producing movies, he actually is an adventurer. Like what you, he actually goes, uh, uh, you know, diving, yes, diving, like what? deep fucking diving. Like you imagine, like you have enough money as James Cameron, you just wake up and you decide to like. It's not like regular diving. You just like, yeah, yeah. It's like the deepest deep sea, deep in the ocean yeah. you've ever been yeah. in a submarine or something. So he's just, he's on another level. Like he's just crazy as fuck. But. Um, and this is so going back to your original question. Yeah. When I was in France, I had this taste for adventure. Yeah. Danger, yeah. doing this crazy thing. And French cinema was all about romantic comedies. But they're very good about it. They're super good about yeah. it. Yeah. But I was like, I want to see adventure. I want to see these crazy stories. Yeah. And, and that's what attracted me to the US, which was the reason I left. It's like, it, it, it was not satisfying for me. It was like, I was too comfortable. Nothing was happening. I was like very comfortable. And I was like, I want, I want to be out of my place. I want to be in a different, you know, like, I want to be challenged. I want to be in danger. And that's what attracted me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And too much romance can be monotonous. And you need like, you know, as, as a creative, um, I think you need to be more adventurous. You be, need to be willing to do the things that other people don't do. Um, and you, but you, that's the conflict that creative has because, you know, you're pushing the envelope and, that's that's what made people successful like with James Cameron all the directors we talked about or all the people who work in movies we talked about they're they're pushing because this is never this has never been done before and they did it 
and they pulled it off and they it's it's successful because watching prometheus alien you or blade runner you've never seen this on the screen before so like something you've never experienced before and that's what cinema does to you but this is american cinema where american cinema is not afraid to push the boundaries yeah to try something to to try to do the investment in it yeah they're ballsy no they absolutely yeah they absolutely just do it and sometimes they fail and uh and failure is okay and in america failing is okay yeah that's uh, majority of netflix uh, movies <laughs> yes it is <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no failing is okay but then you know you try and if you have the obsession for the art form of movies um yeah our obsession with anything if you're if you're really into it you're obsessed with it and if you if you if you're really living for it i think uh uh you know you it's and success doesn't matter because this is what you actually want to do and um so oh before that we might have to uh introduce uh bren i'm going to pour you a glass of bren and never tried this you know try this never tried this yeah okay so i'm uh i'm a it's pour french this. it must be good I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know if uh, French are allowed to make uh, whiskey, uh, but I'm pouring this. Oh my god, that's uh Would you say it's French? What what? Do I don't know? think they're allowed to make whiskey. Are they allowed to make whiskey? But uh let me no, wait. Let me let me put some ice onto this for you and uh Is that good? It's good. Here you go. Thank you. Wait for me. Um let's away from me so that we can cheers on this beautiful this interesting smell wait let's what does it smell like it smells like it smells like bubblegum it smells like bubblegum like candy cheers i'm not sure oh this is good it's kind of sweet not too sweet but this is good i mean not aggressively sweet but no but you know what i've i've so i've i've drink like cheaper yeah we, you just did before yes i did yes <laughs> so i've drink cheaper whiskey and this is smooth this is not you know it's like like a good tequila versus a bad tequila a bad tequila you're like oof it's just like yeah 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 a good tequila it's just like smooth this is super smooth so yeah yeah you were saying that the whiskey is too too smooth it's kind of it's not it's it's smooth and it's no it's very smooth it's very smooth it's very nice like i'm not a big whiskey fan yeah but this is smooth it's very smooth so this was interestingly um uh it was it was it was actually founded by women it was a woman so in france no she was not in france she was american and uh but you said it was french it was it was so this is like made in french uh, barrels and co- cognac casks so oh okay yeah so um so she actually founded it and um and i tasted this like 5 years back but then i didn't like it because it's not my taste uh i mean it's not it's not great for like if you're like into whiskey like if you're a whiskey oh. fanatic i don't think this is the this is like the you know the the the, the best whiskey but it's great for like starters it's, i think it's it's good for um it's a dessert whiskey someone like me i mean you're not into whiskey i think you're more into like wine you're red wine right you're yeah, red more wine guy. Wine, yeah but no this is very smooth that i can drink you, that, that i can drink it's very smooth 
Yeah, no. No, I'm glad. I'm glad, uh, you know, more women are getting into the business of whiskey. You know, power, power, power to women. What are the cameras? Power to women. Great. But, uh, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we were talking about um, um, cinema, how cinema affected our lives. And, um, yeah, all those questions I asked because, like, you know, I can I cannot pinpoint in my life like where I started to develop this this uh, affection uh, towards cinema because I just needed an exit in my life because reality was too boring, and uh, you know something I see on TV something and I see on theater something, and I wanted to become that or I I would reenact the actors in the movie or you know I want to become because I thought there was a storyline in my movie and um, I tried to reenact and I thought. Most of my life, I thought, you know, this is real, like this happens in reality, but then I forgot to draw the distinction. But, but no, but it's interesting you say that because it's like, even if we come from different stories, different backgrounds, for me, it was like exactly how you say, like, I'm not happy in my story here, like when I was in France, like, right, right, I want right. these different stories, right? And, and and it's interesting you say that because at the core of it, and you, you, you make me realize it when you, you were asking me the question, because uh, then you have the answer right away. I was like, oh my God, this is such a deep question. Is I love adventure. Yeah. I love to experiment. I love to try things. But France, unfortunately, never is not a, 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 is not a culture for that. Let's try. Let's not ask questions. Let's go do it. Yeah. We'll see if it fails. It doesn't matter. Yeah. French is always yes, but right. It's always a yes, but well, but if we do this, we do that, etc. And which is what I love in America, which is why I moved to America is because it gave me the opportunity to say, no, I want to try. Let's see. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to fail. Um, and American cinema is in the same way. Some directors would do these amazing movies. Like we talked about it. Um, William Fredkin, oh. he did the sorcerer. Oh. Yeah, I've talked about The Sorcerer. When he did The Sorcerer, so when William Fred came directing The Sorcerer, which is a remake from a French movie, actually. Oh, shit, really? Yes. In French, it's called Le Salaire de la Peur. So you have this ex-convict, and they need money, and they find this opportunity to drive this truck, which oh, has, like, nitrogen, scene. you know, like, this, like, great super dangerous, they might die, etc. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a remake from a French movie. Anyhow. But the direction oh, when they made the movie, it's gritty, it's raw. I mean, some of the actors might have died in the movie, etc. It was, yeah, like, it's 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 totally crazy, and that is that is what I love about America. It's like you have an idea, let's go do it. Absolutely, we're not going to question, etc. And this is the problem I have with the French culture. It's like it's always like it's the yes, yeah, it's, it's the yes, but. Yes, but okay. well, but if you do this, what's going to happen? Which has some benefit to it because they're very, they always ask questions, etc. But there's a moment you're going to have to take action. You're going to have to do things, and and I'm I'm into action. I was like, well, let's go do it. Let's try. Let's see if it works. No, it's okay. Absolutely, and Sorcerer is a great example of it. And that movie is like gritty, raw. Steve McQueen was signed onto it, and then William Fredkin was like, "Oh, we're going to go to like uh, South Central America and film this with like this gritty." A raw setting and Steve McQueen was like I can't do this shit and he I think he signed uh, Roy Roy Schreiber Roy Schreiber and he, I think he was almost sick with um, typhus or something yeah, like it I was mean, horrible and actually it, they had a very hard time filming because he's the one who directed The Exorcist yes and they went to film this movie in a very like you know um, Catholic 
Yeah. Um, uh, right. So, and they were like, oh, this is a guy who directed The Exorcist. So he had a hard time. It was horrible. It was horrible. It was like, it was an absolute nightmare. No, but it was a great fucking movie. Like, especially the last scene where they assemble the truck and the Tangerine Dream starts playing and, 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 and the sequence where... I mean, it's kind of, I mean, when you look at it right now, it's kind of like, oh, it's kind of cheesy. But then at the same time, it's epic. Like when the tire goes off the rails at the, the hill and then again, the Tangerine Dream is playing in the background. It just, it's thrilling. production company is struggling yeah or like, not production but like when a, in the movie the 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 the, um, the entire team um making the movie on a tight budget they're struggling that's when they're creative that's when they're creative yeah I they're mean, trying to make it happen and you can feel that even if you and i are passionate about movies and you show that movie with someone who's not passionate they'll feel it it's like, oh my gosh, that scene is amazing. They, you can sense it. Yeah. Subconsciously, you can sense it. But when you are very comfortable and there's CGI and there's everything, it's just like, it's canned food. It's like two weeks later, you forgot what you watched. You completely forgot what you watched. Yeah, I know. Um, and this movie was like legendary because, you know, it was, <laughs> it was in a condition that was like, you don't know what's going to happen. The actor might die in the movie. It yeah, is a completely you, different. You setting. can't make that kind of movie right now in But you can see the passion in the movie. Yeah, exactly. That's art. You're you're willing to devote your life to this. Like you don't care. And right now you're too like, I don't want to. I'm. I don't want to do this. You know. I have a trade union. I might like defend. A, you know. My I have like uh, uh, some people backing this up, and I want to be comfortable. You know. Let's let's make an action movie where. Uh, if you know scenes where I'm not too comfortable with, uh, let's uh, let's put CGI into this. You know, it's easy. You know, but and it's 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 a challenge because for an actor <clears throat> to be able to go to that level, so there's directors that are very difficult. Like Michael Mann is a very difficult director to work with, and as an actor and an actress, like or even um um even um sorry, signing. Uh, Stanley Kubrick. So even Stanley Kubrick is known to be extremely hard. Oh yeah, he actress, is. Actress. Yeah, no, he uh... extremely hard. But as an actor and actress, like you know, like would I be willing to get in that situation? In we working an actor is going to push me to a limit. Like it's my decision. It's my decision. It's my decision. But it's 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 amazing to have that opportunity to do that. Yeah, because you're if you're really into this, like if you're really into uh quote unquote the profession of acting i don't think it's a profession but then you're doing this for uh because you're interested in this you want to be used by directors like stanley kubrick and um and uh, michael mann i mean that's you're you're refining your craft you know you're bettering as yourself as an actor 
Like I would, I mean, not, you know, not that I will, uh, but I want to work with someone who's going to like, you know, refine who I am. I don't want to be comfortable. And uh, I mean, speaking of Michael Mann, um, uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the movie Heat. Uh, great fucking movie. I love that movie. It's an amazing movie. It is movie. a fucking great movie. It's an amazing movie. It's so intense. The 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 bank robbery scene. No, the the final, final. Yes, it's amazing. Which was which happened in L.A. Actually, that's oh, really? a remake of a, something that happened in L.A. There was a bank robbery and the the, the they were all covered, yeah, etc. But but just going back to what you said, this is why like Hong Kong action movies, and you know John Woo, or you the Hong Kong action movies in general, mm. they do these stunts and they might die. During the movie, yeah, Jackie Chan, for example, Jackie Chan, so many times almost died in the movie. Like he was in so many accidents, but in he, it's like it's amazing to see these people who are taking almost like you know like challenging their life, taking risks to do these amazing movies, and it's a great respect. I love that. It's amazing, and which is why when you see like action movies from Hong Kong, some of the scenes are like, oh my gosh, it's like it's crazy. It's like it's it goes to another level. Absolutely, but know? it's it is not. I would say not politically correct during these days. Like actors have insurance; they cannot do this, right, they cannot right. do yeah. that. Yeah, they have their Twitter account; they have to do this, and they're signed yeah, they're up with socially, this brand, etc. Socially responsible. I'm, I'm very old school, and you know? and you know. Pray for Ukraine. All right, go ahead. What? <laughs> Pray for Ukraine. But sorry, go ahead. But it's amazing to go to a movie and to see an actor or whatever a stuntman who made yes. this like amazing stunt. Yeah. And Absolutely. He, he could have died in it, etc. Yeah. It's like, it, it, you know, it's just... You have to watch, like, if you see a Jackie Chan movie, American Jackie Chan movie, not, let, let's just put, like, a Hong Kong movie versus, like, a Hollywood action movie and where there are, like, stunts involved, where there's fighting involved. You see a fucking Hollywood movie, there's, like, in a, in a fight sequence, there's, like, 70 cuts. Like, you hit and there's a cut. There's a fucking another cut and there's cut again. So, 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 so I'll argue to that. It's like, you know... Yes, but amazing work from the actor doing this because it's a lot of like if you look in the back scene like what they're doing, yeah, it's amazing. Respect for that, absolutely. For uh, Hollywood or Hong Kong? Yeah, whatever the actor like Hollywood, yes, whatever the actor or the actress is doing this, it's like you know, it's like amazing work. It's like you know, you can criticize as much as it gets, but when they're doing this scene, even if they're on a cable, etc., it's a lot of physical work. I agree, hundred percent. And I forgot my train of thought. But um, compared to the the Hong Kong movies, you think you you're saying this? They're uh, it's, it's I, like, I just I just want a so, question. Yes. So it, yes, it's like I would not be afraid to put my life in the line to do an amazing scene, just for the art of cinema. Okay. I would not be afraid to do that if yeah. I was an actor, stuntman, etc. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. I'm okay to die for my art. Mm -hmm. But these days. It's like, well, you cannot do that because insurance and this and that and that. Then go find that. another job. <laughs> go fucking be an accountant. Don't look up. <laughs> no, no. What I'm saying is like, as an audience, I'm not, I'm not, an, I mean, you know, as an audience, when you see a Hollywood movie and there's like, you know, a million different cuts, as opposed to what I, what I was coming to was Jackie Chan. You mentioned a great example, Jackie Chan. Do you know how many takes Jackie Chan goes? I know. It's crazy. It's like crazy. Like the takes he takes, like hundreds of but takes he just to make the scene right. And you're watching like, you're watching a scene 
an artistic scene. It's like almost like Cirque du Soleil. Right. It's circus. And like, the guy might die when he do that scene, etc. Right. And it's amazing. It's, it, it's amazing. And, but this is the thing. is like when Hollywood is trying to bring that to the audience and they put it in a package, etc. Mm. It, it just, it, it's like, no, these guys, you know, they might die on the movie set and boom, there it is. They might don't do movie set doing this. Yeah. And that's what makes like that exciting. Like, you know, an action sequence exciting. It's like uh, talking about William Fredkin. I think he directed French Connection too, right? Yes. And do you remember the car chase? Yes. Oh. So I was exactly, I was reading an article on, um, on French Connection. When he did the car, the car chase, I think they bribe local police so they could do it. Mm -hmm. Someone could have died during that scene. <laughs> oh, fuck, really? Someone could have died during that scene because it was like, it was not supervised or anything. Um, and I think they bribed the police, etc. And there was an article like, <laughs> so when he did that scene, which is one of the most amazing car chase scene in cinema. Oh, it's great a fucking scene. In cinema. But so... This, so you, this brings back a question. The question that you had is like, I love that challenge. It's like, it, it, it's interesting. I love that survival aspect of it. It's like, that, 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 that's something that's amazing. And we don't have that these days. No. We're so protected. We, you cannot do this. You cannot do that. And something happens. It's going to be a lawsuit. It's going to be something, etc. It's like, I love that raw art form. And people can argue with it. People can agree with, it. but it's a decision. Like if if I'm if I if I'm casting on a Tarantino movie, right, and I'm going to see that I might die, that's my choice. That is my choice. No, that is I, my choice. Absolutely. And and when you say like today, you know, it doesn't exist. Um, it does, but it's very really limited. For example, uh, the movie when I when I saw the movie and I cinematically I was really into the movie uh, was uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood, there's a scene in There Will Be Blood where um, his oil rig explodes and he carries the kid back to um, uh, a tool shed and it's just one shot. And in, in I watched this recently, um, I think two years back, and when I saw that shot, you see what cinema does because it's not just it's not just uh, direction. It's just act acting. It's it's just the location. It's just, it's a camera and in the music in that scene. It's just if you if you look at that if you look at that scene, uh, it's the music in that scene is very layered. It's just builds tension. It's like uh, they add like the first. It's like the drums and then they put the violin and then they put like I don't know kind, kind of like. like
something um into the uh, uh movie and the tension that creates it's just fucking raw and gritty and i think paul thomas anderson does that very well in there will be blood i don't know if you've seen that movie but no i haven't and you, I know you told me about it but it, it, but so that scene was there special effects doing that scene no fucking special effects so this reminds me um the christopher nolan second batman with tom hardy with bale the opening scene that is my dream when he goes in the plane and lands oh, you have the music and you see the plane and he lands on it and they arrive hijack it <laughs> cut the plane in half and this is like there's a, you know there's not enough cgi like yeah no. that. and even if you and i have a level of passion and education in movies even the average person will f- will know it's it's not digital yeah because when you go see transformers things like that like oh i'm going to see movies it's all 3g graphics whatever exercise right. real the, the actors interacting any crowd even not super educated with movies etc have this this um, uh, um uh, conscience of like oh it's cgi yeah but when you go in a movie where it's not cgi suddenly you're like oh my gosh this is you know it's real this and is you real. see the effort behind this is, it. you see the effort behind it yeah and that scene that is my, <sighs> my that is my favorite opening scene like like if 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 i had the money i would say hey christopher can i can i jump off the plane <laughs> when, when he's like and the plane no it's just it was like it is amazing even it, to perceive that scene like how he orchestrated that scene it's just like i know it's an idea if you even if to have even the idea of doing that in the beginning of a fucking movie that is one of the best opening scene where it's like for me it's like you have the plane and suddenly it's like yeah, and that scene was like you see the plane and suddenly it's and like and there's a bigger fucking <laughs> and the sound goes boom Christopher Nolan right sound. right Hans Zimmer it goes on top of it and they were like sucking the stuff the guys just arrived jumping out in rope and etc it's like that scene is like so intense it's so good and it's so most of it is not CGI. No, it's not. And, no and what I said is it. like, you can take anyone. Anyone knows when it's not CGI. No, absolutely. It feels it feels real. It feels like Nolan normally don't use CGI for most of his movies. Like in, and Inception. that's why he, that's why he's good. That's why he's good. But being good takes effort. I mean, yes. you know, it takes a lot of fucking effort. With with even with the scene in Inception where uh, you know it rotates, right? Like in the dream sequence, it's an actual, it's an actual set. He just decided yeah, constructed <laughs> constructed a set for it. Yeah. He could have easily said, "Oh, let's just do uh, CGI." But but if it was CGI, you would know. Yeah. No, you would. And know. you would be like, "Oh, it's CGI," but the fact that you know it's not. That the actors, you pay more attention. You're like, oh, this is not CGI. They were doing this amazing thing, etc. Like subconsciously, 
you would you would like think about the business and someone like me would be like oh my gosh that scene is like i would have like split my brain i'm like the scene is amazing but also it's like oh my gosh the direction is amazing they were doing all this shit it's amazing no no um yeah cgi takes and i'm not a fan of uh, action movies or um, not because it's an action movie i would not go to a movie to watch oh it's an action movie um i mean i used to when i was a kid but uh, it has to have something more than that it has to have that's what cinema does to me it has to have the humanity like i need to connect with it, it it's just so know. it this goes back to your original question which is american cinema for me was getaway um of trying thing adventure yeah. innovation not being afraid not questioning not questioning the french in in the terms of the culture we always question things always yes but if you do this yes but if you do that. and i'm like let's do it okay we don't know what's going to happen right and america is always like that which is why we have all these you know um no the french cinema is amazing there's right. certain aspect of french cinema i can tell you and i will tell you in a second right right yeah, but American cinema was like, you know, and I was raised like that. I was watching TV shows and I was like dreaming about these things. You know, it's like it was it was an attraction for me because I love adventure. As a kid, I, you know, I was like, you know, I was kids raised in the 80s, right. you know, like going my bicycle for six the next eight hours. My parents didn't know where I were. So it was it was an attraction for, for me, to, definitely. Absolutely. And, and also like. American cinema has this attitude of like, I don't give a fuck. And I, I mean, I'm Indian and uh, I've seen a lot of Indian movies and a lot of Indian movies, they tend to, at least the mainstream movies, now it's changing, which is kind of great, but they tend to cater towards what was familiar before because it's, it's feasible to make a profit. You can make a profit, you know, which is, you know, you have a formula for making a movie, you know, it's, it's just... You know, if it's a love story, just like you put four songs. Uh, but then what I like about American movies is that they uh, they change it. They then they they are the avant garde of like changing the shit. It's just with with all these directors we talked about, like Coen Brothers or uh, with with Blood Simple, right? Great fucking movie. And you and and it 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 kind of evokes something even you never felt before. Like when you see Coen Brothers, Blood Simple, and then the sequence where uh, in, in the middle of the street, in the middle of the night, uh, the, I think uh, there's a dead body or they kill someone, I think. And it's silence. There's no background music. The, but the, yeah, the, sound, the soundtrack on Blood Simple is amazing. Yeah, it's exactly. Very it's very intense. And even, even Coen Brothers does this, like they do this all the time. They even in no country for old men the coin toss scene there's no soundtrack but then the tension in that scene is and, like and it's funny you said that so you said two things that are interesting is like and i go back to this like american cinema is like america in general innovation startup google apple facebook twitter yeah that, ford whatever it's like it's like they're not not afraid to innovate to try just let's try. Let's do something. American cinema is the way. It's the same way. And going back to what you said in terms of um, um, the Coen Brothers is like, what I love in the Coen Brothers is like, there's there's no soundtrack. Yep. Country for Old Man, there's no soundtrack. It's just like, you, it's like, you know, like everyday life. Is there a soundtrack? Unless you put your music, whatever. There's none. And it's so intense. 
and it's so intense. If there were a soundtrack that would make it less intense. Yeah, no, I'm that's, glad that I'm, I, I'm so I'm an anti soundtrack except when it's John Carpenter. Yeah, no, he composes his own soundtrack. John Carpenter, yeah. But it's always minimal. It's always like yeah, a beat. No. It's like a heartbeat. He yeah, doesn't no. know it. But I always like, you know, like, and I'm sorry, it was like, you know, like when John Williams in some of Spielberg movies, like, ta -da, ta -da, it's like, you know, like. <laughs> Star Wars? Every movie. It's like, do you do Star it, Wars? I don't know. Star Wars, but also um, 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 Harrison Ford in. Um, um, uh, uh, the, oh, fuck. Uh, yes. the, the movie, um, uh, yes. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. It's yeah. always, so it, it's part of the package. Okay, it's part of the package. Yeah, the music is amazing. Music's good, uh, you know, fine. But it's kind of like, it's part of the package. Yeah. But, but sometimes the no sound intensity is so, just does everything. It does everything. Watch Country for No Man, uh, country, uh, No Country for No oh, Country man. for um, There's no music in it. But the, yeah, it's scary. No country for women is scary it with is, no fucking music. There's no music into it. And it's just the tension and the lack of it creates a tension that I've, it's like, whoa. And it's just, even, even, even the Western movies, we have to talk about Sergio Leone. Uh, if you're talking about new music, um, uh, Once Upon a Time in uh, it's uh, in, So it's interesting you say that because it's the opposite. Uh, with the Sergio Leone? Yeah. Like, no, oh, the good, the bad, the ugly. There is no music in the no, first there is, 30 minutes. But, but, there, but, but the music... It's iconic, though. It's so do, good. Do you remember that... Uh, that uh, no, no. There's there's this noise that in Neo Morricone do. Yes, 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 yes. And even... Once upon a time in America, the music is, but he knows when he's where it needs to be. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Ennio Morricone. Um, you said music. How the lack of it creates tension in Ennio Morricone. Uh, with the Sergio Leone, he created tension. And if you see Once Upon a Time in the West, Once Upon a Time in um, an amazing movie. in America. Yes. If you haven't seen that movie, uh, if whoever's listening, please go watch it. But great fucking movie. And uh, sometimes it's not just the music. Sometimes even the wind blowing. Like the first scene in Once Upon a Time in America, it's like in the rain. It's it's in the train tracks and the wind is blowing and it's just like, and he's waiting and it's. And I don't, and people complain that, you know, what, the movies are two, three hours long. I don't care if Once Upon a Time in America is like five hours long. I'll still watch it. So, so, so this is what I'm going to tell you. And I can challenge anyone in Hollywood. Yes. On it. And it's not a challenge. It's. You have movies. Yeah. Like um, 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 the Coen Brother movie that we talked about. Uh, Blood Simple? No, not the other one. The one that has no music. No Country for Old Men. So, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. yeah. So, we have a movie like No Country for Old Men. No music. It's intense. Yeah. It's intense. And we can relate to that because every day when we do things, whatever you mean situation, there'd be no music in the background. It's like yeah, super intense. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then you have the other hand, John Williams, 
making the score of Indiana Jones. Da, 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 da. And every scene, like, he takes the glass. Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> it's always like, yeah, okay, no. fine, fine, fine. Yeah. And then you have Sergio Leone, who makes this amazing soundtrack. But when you watch Sergio Leone, um, uh, Ennio Morricone, sorry. When, so you want to watch Ennio Morricone making mo soundtrack for Sergio, Sergio Leone when he makes Once Upon a Time in America, etc. The soundtrack is with the visual, with the, the sound effects, mm -hmm. and he's, he's in between back and forth, and he's telling a story. So when you say the wind, so suddenly it's like, you know, there's a scene, and there's wind, and then you have Sergio Leone with the Marico, it's like, oh. He does it in a way where he goes like back and forth with the story. Yeah, it's one with the scene. Yes, yeah. and it and the music is not like to say, "Oh, we're gonna make it super intense," you know. No. We're gonna we're gonna make it super intense, like you know, the horror movie, like we're gonna intensify. No, he's part of the storytelling, so he knows. So Ennio Morricone knows how to knows how to be present. Big screen, ta -ta, he has the music, you know, the other stuff. But he knows how to shut up too. He knows how to shut up. That's the key. You know when he to, you know when to, to shut, shut up. up. You know when to shut up. He knows how to shut and up. And then that's the that's the the thing which and I hate about like uh, that's the beauty of it and that's where it, like uh it's movies sometimes they spoon feed you when you're doing something dramatic there's dramatic music playing. And in the subtitles it says dramatic music playing right now. Look so movies is like food. Yeah, there could be junk. Yeah. So movies like food. You bring a plate and you put a lot of cream and salt. Who doesn't like butter, cream and salt? We all love butter, cream and salt. Just put the butter and cream and salt. And at the end of you're like, oh my gosh, this was amazing, etc. Yeah. But you go back home and I'm like, that was not amazing. That was not amazing. So it's, it's a cheap trick. Yeah, it's like Taco Bell. It's, it's a cheap trick. Yes, you're not satisfied. At the moment, you are. But it's not a movie you're going to remember. You're, going to, you're not going to say, oh, I'm going to watch this movie again and again and again. It's a cheap trick, which is a lot about, you know, when you watch the Netflix movies. <laughs> yeah, it's again like... It's like, oh, I was... Uh, and then you don't know what you have watched. I mean, that's what we deal with right now in 2022. It's like there's a lot of quantity about... There's like a lot of content. There's a lot of quantity of movies. But then... The quality aspect of it. How many movies that you can you can remember in no. like five years? There How many movies you can I don't remember? remember? Exactly, it's really forgettable because it's not real. Like, is there a movie like Once Upon a Time in or whichever movie we talked about right now, like Miller's Crossing or um, um, No Country for Old Men? These are the movies we remember because they're just a vivid. It's like it's like again going back to what what we said. It's something we, which we never saw before. It's like, wow. It's like, this is an experience, you know? And, and that's, that, I think that's what's beautiful about cinema. You know? And um, so, you know, John Williams, it's kind of like synonymous to Disney movies and Marvel movies today. And, um, you know, Spider-Man, Avengers. It's, it's like, you know, when you're doing something, there's like background music uh, to support that. And I mean, he does a good job. He does a good job. Yeah, he does a good job. And like when you would see Star Wars, like my kids brought me to see um, John Williams' concert at the Hollywood Bowl. And he had like Joe's and, you know, and he did a good job. 
No, he does a good he job. He does a good job. He was like very cinematic, etc. Like, is it is it to the level of what I like? Maybe not, but he did a good job. Respect. Absolutely. Respect. No, it's not that we don't like them. I mean, I like some Marvel movies. I like Guardians of Galaxy, which is a great fucking movie. I like it. But you're aware. You're self-aware. Like, I'm okay. self-aware why I'm watching this movie. Yes, exactly. But Guardians of Galaxy is a great fucking movie uh, in, in, in the space that it's in. You know, I'm not comparing that's, this with... And that's, and that's because you're a fan of cinema. And you take, like, when I watch a movie, I'm two, two person. There's Guillaume watching the movie to enjoy the movie. And right. And who knows, like, the editing, the light, the background, and everything. Like, I, I, I split myself. Absolutely. Into, to watch that. Yeah, and you know what you're getting into. Like, in life, that's what you do, right? You know what you're getting into. You know you're signing up for a Marvel movie. And you have this expectation, I'm going to watch a Marvel movie. And if it turns out to be great, it's great. It's not bad that you enjoy a Marvel movie or, a, you know, John Williams uh, background score. You and know? It's, it's like, I'm super critical. Yeah. I'm super critical. Yeah, but, me too. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm respectful for the work that's behind it. Because it's easy. It's easy to critic. There are people yeah, who yeah, do yeah, things yeah, and people yeah. who critic. <laughs> so, so, so sometimes I critic movies and I'm being super critical, but I also respect the work behind it, what people try to do, respect it. It's just very, very respectful, very respectful. But going back to your original question, you remind me of something I said to a friend. And that's, I think that's the bulk of our conversation and which is why American cinema has inspired me. So you have this American guy and this friend guy. Lying down in his long chair in the hill, watching the sky, mm. summer, it's beautiful. You know, it's like you have the Milky Way, beautiful. And they're drinking a beer together and they're like super good buddies, etc. And they look at the sky. And then after that, they look at each other. Mm. And then the American, the, the American guy stands up. Mm. He just, he goes and stands up and says, let's go. And the French guy says, says yes but <laughs> that's exactly what it is um that's exactly what it is there's a reason there's an excuse like yeah um yeah no, i know i totally get and it and that's me that's me that's you know if you ask me like a very profound question like why i don't know i don't have all the answers mm. but just like just going do it take the risk it might not work it might fail I might die, but something's going to happen. Right. That excites me. That drives me. And that's great. And I think that's why, like, you were into, you know, you, you came to, you know, you, you were into American movies and um, all those uh, movies you watched all through throughout these years. And you are really perceptive about uh, movies, which I, which I uh, appreciate and enjoy having conversations with. And it's the background, the story behind it, like understanding like why they make these movies, what was behind it. Yeah. You know, what happened? You know, they're trying to raise money to do these movies and it's, it was crazy. It's like yeah. entrepreneurship. It's entrepreneurship. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's entrepreneurship. It's, it's like being a director. It's mean like you're, you have a, you have, you might lose everything. Staff. It's like when we watch, when we watch, um, um, that the Netflix, uh, the movies that made us, mm -hmm. uh, Freddy Krueger. Nightmare on M Street. Mm -hmm. And the guy, and they go to the special effect guy, he says, you have $15,000 budget. <clears throat> he was broke. 
Yeah. He was completely broke. He's like, what? I had, I had no job. And he came to me and said, like, you have $15,000 to make special effects. He said, oh, okay, I'll take it. He had no clue yeah. how to do this. And when you see the result of the movie, right. when you see the result of the movie, it is amazing. He came up with like these amazing creative ideas, like like you know even today watch it like the blood scene with the, you know the the the, the bed that's reversed etc. It's it's amazing. Right. The yeah, guy yeah. made it happen. One of the most amazing horror movies. Amazing. No, yeah, it's you know when the budget is like really slim and you need to you need to make it happen. You know that's where you become creative and. Um, and with Jaws, Jaws is a great example. They never use a shark, and it was always like a a, a, a fin, and uh, uh, they used it in the in the in the, the ocean. And uh, and John Williams, uh, back to John Williams, it's just the the BG, the background music. Well, it's like it's just it's just very monotonous. It's like So it's like, it's just, again, it's great because it's building tension again, right? So, no, okay, so we were talking about Ennio Morricone and his collaboration with uh, um, um, Sergio Leone. And uh, um, it's funny that, you know, Sergio Leone being Italian, uh, making spaghetti. I mean, I don't, I don't think, he, did he make any spaghetti western? Like, he made good, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, didn't he? It was a spaghetti western. Yeah, it's that, that, that period of time that's referred in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. Um, with the spaghetti Western culture right. and, and, and things like that. Yes. So he did. Yes. He, he did. Being Italian, he came and he and people still in film schools in America, he reads, they read about uh, and study about Sergio Leone movies, uh, you know, coming from Italy. So uh, going back to my previous point from France, right? Um, you being French. Um, what? Where do you think? I mean, you know, the, 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 how the French cinema is, or where do you think the French cinema is going? Because it's—I mean, I've—I've I've lost connection with the French cinema to some certain level. So I was inspired with some original. Um, so I was inspired with some original French cinema. Um, uh, Henri Verneuil, who in, who's John uh, John Wu was inspired by Henri Verneuil, so like all the it's a certain level of culture um, in French cinema, and but there's certain aspect of it that is amazing, that is unique. Like one of my favorite movie, favorite movie um, from French cinema is um, <clears throat> Michel Deville, who directed um, um, Une nuit d'été en ville. That's that's the the name of it in French, which is Summer Summer Night in Town. And that movie is an hour and a half with a girl mm -hmm. who invites a guy to her house and they're flirting, flirting with each other for an hour and a half. And the camera moves from the living room, the bath, the, the, they're taking a bath together, the bedroom, etc. Interesting. There's no sex. That sucks. No, that's Why? the beauty of it. Because 
it, it would be so obvious. You know they love each other. They're super into each other. But they're like charming each other for an hour and a half. But they don't have sex. No, they don't. Why? Because they don't have to. And that's the beauty of it. Who It's says like, that? Huh? Who says that? I say that. Who says that? I said that. And just the, just the build-up of them being together and attracted to other, it's an hour and a half, them charming, laughing, <laughs> challenging themselves. And an hour and a half, how do you keep an audience an hour and a half <clears throat> in an apartment, right? From the living room to the bathroom, some of the bedroom, etc. There's no sex. There's no sex. But you know they're super attracted to each other. And you're watching this scene. That is amazing. That is one of the most amazing movies I've seen from French cinema. Like, very impressed about it in terms of the way they've done it, in, in the way they directed it. Because you watch the entire thing and it's like, and there's no sex. There's no sex. There's no sex. And that's beautiful. I mean, they could have had sex, but then they, they, they deprive the sex aspect and they want to like extend the tension. Yes. And, and do you think this is like an aspect of French cinema where they like, they, they, they put this love on a pedestal and be, be, yes. sex is going to ruin sex is going to be because that's like, the com- culmination of romance it's going to be this romance. easy sell trick yeah of like oh we're going to want to see them have sex together and it's an easy sell trick and he didn't go to that easy sell trick he's like no I'm going to show you these two people loving each other and discovering each other you know etc but we're not going to go to sex because you used to to have that in that format in yeah. a movie like oh they're gonna have sex and they don't and the last scene is they're together until like 7 a.m whatever etc uh-huh. and they go to sleep together like they lie down and they sleep against each other and they fall asleep and that's amazing because the director does an amazing job you watch the entire movie yeah and you're expecting that they're gonna have sex you're gonna have that you know, you're going to have the cell scene, you know, and they don't, they don't. And it's amazing. It's beautiful. No, that's beautiful. It's just, it's just, I mean, again, like, you and know. And that's one thing is like, you could not do that in American cinema. No, it's just like, you get straight to sex. And uh, that's it's part like, of the and package. then you get to know about each other. It's part uh, of the package. And that's, that's wonderful. That's amazing. That's unique. No, that's amazing, and uh, no, it's, it's it's maybe it's cultural, or maybe you know it's directorial, or maybe it's 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 just that cinema. But uh, you know, and, and it's it's interesting how it dif- it's it's you know, it gets differentiated between countries that you know in in France that there are movies like this, and I don't know, like there are movies like that in America too, but not that often. Like there's like you know. Um, I don't know, um, like the three movies directed by Richard Linklater, uh, but um, before midnight and before sunrise and and all that. But um, but no, that's beautiful. And and uh, and being a being a Parisian is that a term for from being yes, Parisian, from yeah. Parisian? Yes, Parisian yes. is a term from being Paris and then coming to America, and then you know being interested in all these action gory. Uh, I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, action gory uh, movies and um, and really explore. I think it's it's a quality of being an artist, and I, it's 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 great, you know. And and that's why we we talked about we connected on this passion because I'm Indian, 
and you know and I lived in India watched a lot of Indian movies but then you're being from France and from Paris and we connected on on the same level um, because of movies because of our interest in movies because why is that is what I think why is that and I just I kind of want to wrap this up at you know uh, by answering this why I think that is because movies and cinema has this humanity at the at the core it's the humanity you know irrespective of the language they speak it's just it's you're trying to communicate the basic human emotions and it's it's as complex as it is when you see it on the big screen it's 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 very uh, it's mutual and it's very uh, connecting between uh, yeah i think that's the most important it's like it's it's it, it engage in the discussion where like why did you like these movies and for me it was like not even like why you like Coen Brothers it's like why do you like this specific movie from Coen Brothers that right. was my question to you it's like oh not like oh my gosh V you like you know Indian guy why do you like these Coen Brothers movies like hold on I don't care it's like but why this specific movie from the Coen <laughs> Brothers and we had a discussion about that and you're right um and then it creates this it creates this like discussion that is amazing which is you know very empowering which is amazing like you you can you create this this connection with people no absolutely and we get we got to know because of you know we both worked at the same um company and then you know when we talked about the movies we like uh and we found this mutual connection about the movies we like and that made and not just even chadwick is behind the scene um um and the camera is not on him i like to be on him but he's not in here but um like a lot of people it's like doesn't matter because you know um you're from paris and um and chadwick who's from uh at, uh, georgia and and i'm from india and 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 what connects all of them and i don't think it's cinema it's beneath cinema what cinema underlies it's like basic humanity and and that's what connects people and um and I think I think it's beautiful. And cinema as a medium, it's it's that powerful to do that. And um, and uh, and yeah, no. And, and and on that note, that unless you have anything, any closing closing arguments, uh, I like to I like to toast. Thank you. Um, thank you for coming uh, and uh, and uh, being the first guest on this on this podcast. And I I'm glad that you liked uh, the the whiskey. Yeah, it's very smooth. It is very smooth and. Uh, really uh, sweet, uh, just like you are. <laughs> yes. uh, just like I've known you uh, the past couple of years, and uh, and thank you. I'm really honored that I've I've I got to share uh, this podcast on the subject I like I love about cinema, and 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 yeah, and and that's pretty much it. And unless you want to share something, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Great. Okay. <laughs> thank you thank you otherwise i'll be expanding that was so awkward i'll be expanding for fucking hours mm. <laughs> and, um...